0: Welcome to episode 56 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is the War on Women Spectacular, and let me say this, the band and the people that make up the band are just that, very much, and truly spectacular human beings and people. War on Women, holy shit. I've been wanting to do a podcast with them for a really, really long time because they are one of my favorite bands of all time. War on Women, they're fucking blistering brutally powerful, and at times kind of melodic and uplifting, the the music is insane. I love this band so much. I can't say enough good things about the music of War on Women. But War on Women's message, or messages, I should say, the words of the songs, the lyrics, in other words, and what the members of the band do outside of the band, that's what really sets this band apart for me. The members of this band, they back up what they say in a lot of ways. You will hear about a lot of what they do shortly in the interview part. Now, I do want to say something before we get to the music and the interview with Shauna and Jenarchy of War on Women. I'm recording this intro part, anyways, on June 5th, 2020. The interview with Shauna and Jenarchy took place a couple of weeks ago, like late May. Obviously, right now, there's a lot going on. Uh, Some of it very good. Some of it very bad. People are out in the streets fucking screaming for justice, screaming for change. The other side, there's a crowd that's mostly made up of kind of white right-wing types and cops that are trying to basically impose fascism on the United States, which is what it seems like they've wanted for a long fucking time. There are some bad fucking people out there right now. There truly are. And there are some great people out there. This is a very interesting time right now. And that, what I just said, is a very generalized statement of what's going on. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. Uh, What my point is, really, and I want this to come across very loud and clear. These are both incredible and frightening days. Okay? Right now, with the Bobcast, I'm shifting things around for the foreseeable future. I'm not going to be doing as much kind of lighthearted, fun stuff. I would like to focus more on topics and people that will help things out in the current situation that we're all in. For me, War on Women fits the bill, kind of fits what I'm trying to do absolutely perfectly. Members of the band are very much involved in making the world a better place through activism and more. Some of the other topics I had scheduled for June, they're going to have to wait a bit. I'd like to focus more on educational and helpful things for the foreseeable future. So there'll be no more ads for sponsors of the Bobcast for now. What I'm going to be doing is making and running ads for organizations that'll be more for helping out people of color and other marginalized groups such as the ACLU. There's also Unicorn Riot, an independent source of news that's on the ground at these protests as I record this, and they are also doing some very good work. Yeah, By the way, that's who we are going to be hearing from in this episode, and moving forward, we'll be hearing from and about kind of similar organizations, ways to help, ways to donate what website you can go on, who you can call, that kind of thing. And, you know, these aren't so much advertisements as they are just presentations or PSAs or something like that of ways you can donate to these organizations and have some information about other ways you can help as well. Please do what you can. That's all I ask. I do have a lot to say. I have a lot to say about what's going on right now. I'm just going to leave it at this for right now. Black Lives Matter. That's it. They... Fucking Black Lives Matter. God damn it! Why can't people get that through their head? It seems like it's such a simple thing. I understand we live in a complex world. There's a lot going on with the way that people think about things. Not everybody can think the way that I do, and that's a real—that's a good thing. However, fuck racism, especially fuck racism for sure. There should never be another George Floyd or another Breonna Taylor. It's really simple, but there are a lot of really fucking shitty cops out there enjoy killing people, I think, or something. Why else does it happen all the time? I don't know. I don't really want to get too much into it right now, though I am going to be addressing that issue as things go on for sure. So let's get to it. Let's get to the episode itself. Now, there is going to be trivia in this episode during the interview part, and it's all about political punk bands and songs and that type of thing. The songs in this episode, the magical songs of War on Women that I love so much, The song at the very beginning was Ephemimania, and that song is off of 2012's Improvised Weapons EP by War on Women. After this little intro part, after I stop talking here, is the song Pro-Life, and that is off of 2015's War on Women, or self-titled Full Length. The last two songs of the episode are both off of 2018's fucking masterpiece, absolute masterpiece of a record, Capture the Flag. And those songs are Predator in Chief, uh, very timely, if that song is for sure. And the final song, the last song of the episode, is titled The Chalice and the Blade. We'll also be hearing a few words about Unicorn Riot and the ACLU in this episode, as I kind of mentioned earlier. Without further ado, here is War on Women with the song Pro-Life. And the rest of the episode, Enjoy. <laughs> Unicorn Riot is a decentralized, educational 501c3 nonprofit media organization of artists and journalists. Our work is dedicated to exposing root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues through amplifying stories and exploring sustainable alternatives in today's globalized world. Born from the internet in 2015, our commercial free platform operates non hierarchically, independent of corporate or government control. Unicorn Riot spans across multiple U.S. cities, including Boston, Denver, Minneapolis, and Philadelphia. All of our financial support comes from grants and from you, our audience. How can you help support Unicorn Riot and their mission to provide truthful and independent journalism? Easy. Go to www.unicornriot.ninja.com and check out the website. Click on Donate and you are all set. Unicorn Riot is your source for independent media with no ads or paywalls, is viewer supported, and is free of corporate and government funding. Welcome, Shauna Potter and Jen Vito of the band War on Women to the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. Glad to have you here with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Thank you, thank you. All right, let's get first. Let's get a quick history of War on Women. Uh, when when did the band start?
1: Um, this is when I normally tell people that you can Google it. <laughs> but since you're so
0: <laughs> that's a fair, since that's so fine nice. with me. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Since you're so nice, I'm willing to tell you that. About 10 years ago, Brooks Harlan and I decided, decided to uh, start another band because our old band was fizzling out, and we wanted to be really intentional about the style of music and the content of what we were singing about. So it's a very purposeful band. Uh, uh, it's purposeful that we are a feminist, hardcore punk band.
0: Gotcha. Now, and you and Brooks, what was the name of the band you in with Brooks before War on Women?
1: Uh, it was called Avec, A V E C. Avec. Avec. Uh, we toured a lot. There are definitely random people across the country that might know that band or got stuck playing it a show with us.
0: Familiar, kind of like when we were active, like early two thousands, late nineties, or something like that. Or was it?
1: Yeah, this would be mid two thousands. I I moved to Baltimore to join that band actually, and um, so we we were touring a lot in the mid to late.
0: 2000s yeah oh gotcha okay what's your is hard kind of like the sound of war on women is that more or less your first love as far as music goes or something that that kind of sound is what you're into more like kind of more on the hardcore side of things
1: well i feel very lucky to like a lot of different music um i think it helps inform how i write and I just think if you just listen to the same kind of music all the time, then whatever you make is going to just be really stale, you know? And boring. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, I fell in love with music, like, dancing in my crib at one or two years old, right? Beautiful. Sure, so sure, yeah. I, I love good pop music, um, but I, I've always had an affinity towards, I guess, it, like, rock, the very giant umbrella that That's is That's a big rock, umbrella. Sure, sure, okay? sure. Yeah. So I lean more towards that and minor key stuff. (laughs) But other than that, if it's a good song, it's a good song. Um, But I, I, I would say that, um, you know, my version of punk is definitely uh, an attitude more than like a sold at hot topic genre. I appreciate people saying fuck you to the status quo. And so for the age I was, that was a lot of like, you know, Bikini Kill and Sonic Youth. Um, but like the Refuse is one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, like,
0: gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. So
1: you know, uh it runs the gamut, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: Sure. When you first started Worn Women with, with Brooks, Jen, you weren't in the band yet, right? Did you come kind of later yet.
2: on? I wasn't even born yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're a youngin', yes, you're very young. <laughs> That's okay. I was 40 then. So yeah, that's kind of the opposite sides of the spectrum there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When did you, when did you join or become part of War on Women, Jen?
2: Uh, It was three or four years ago.
1: Oh, so not
0: too long ago.
2: Well,
1: I know exactly when you first started playing with us because it was the summer of 2017. Because that's the year that we did Warped Tour
2: yeah yeah and it so that fun. that
1: will forever be burned in my brain of, oh when when did Genarchy start start playing start learning our songs but
2: I started <laughs> uh coming up to jam or or practice or something like earlier that year we started hanging out sure. learning those songs, yeah, and then uh something like what twenty seven tours ago that's how that's how long. <laughs> oh wow,
0: wow, so that was
2: I' for so much, it's great.
0: That was before "Capture the Flag" came out, though, right? You're part of that record, weren't you?
2: It was before "Capture the Flag" came out. However, all the guitars and everything had already been recorded before we left for that tour.
0: Oh, for so that. that's
2: all. Uh, that's all Brooks on that record.
1: Yeah, that's that was a weird year for us. We we got we 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 learned about getting on Warped Tour like around Janu- December or January, right? And. But we had these plans to make a record, and we were like, "Well, if we're going to make a record and do world tour, then how about that's just like the only thing we do (laughs) that year?" Like, yeah, that's a lot to do. That's a lot to do. It's a lot to do, and especially when we kind of didn't have any plans to do any touring anyway. So we we did as much as we could before, but before world tour. But then we had to stop. And then we got back from work for that's so when we did vocals and then finished the record.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. What about a new record? i have, there's some rumors going around there's a new record coming out f fa- sometime Wh- soonish. Whisperings. Whis whisperings. Whisperings yes. because whisperings. I
1: because I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm I'm sure there's a <laughs> PR person somewhere saying, don't announce that yet. But yeah, I've been kind of just mentioning, yes, we're we're working on a new record. And I I in no way will I say when it might be out, because I don't even know myself, to be honest. But I, I don't, I don't want to give away exactly where we are sure. in the process. I,
2: I can disclose that I did get to play guitar on that record. Good, Yay. good, good, good.
0: Yes, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The- this
2: was pre-pandemic.
1: Genarchy showed up like right before things got really, really wild and scary. Like where it really sunk in for everyone, and you made it out and did some stuff. And then went home and it was really soon after that where we were like, oh, maybe this is maybe no more travel is allowed. Maybe. And then our tour got canceled. Yeah, it
2: was a wild time.
0: Oh, wow. So like right at kind of the end of February, beginning of March, something like that. Wow. Well, good. I'm glad you did. So without without giving anything away, did you work with Jay Robbins again on this record or has he even come into the picture? If he is coming into the picture, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I I don't feel bad saying anything about Jay. I'm happy to announce to the world that we, again, work with Jay, recorded at Magpie Cage, because we love, love, love Jay Robbins, and we love Magpie Cage, and it's just a great space to be in, and he's super easy to work with. So him and our uh, guitarist, Brooks, uh, make a really good team as far as engineering. Um, and mixing and so it's a it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to work with him again and it's like super convenient too because we wouldn't have been able to travel anywhere to to finish the record like luckily like his studio is our home it's our home base really so we were still allowed to be in there so yeah we, we just we just barely made it out
0: oh good great capture the flag sounds incredible As far as the recording goes, I mean, the songs, obviously, I love too, but that is an amazing sounding recording. So, more or less, you're working with the same kind of situation you're looking at on the new record. I think you're in pretty good shape, I would say, for sure.
1: I hope so, but I think... Genarchy can attest. We're trying to sound even better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 With yeah, Jen, I, I think mean, you will. Yep. I think Jen will I step things up. That, a notch,
2: so. I think it's even better.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That fest 18. Did you play any new songs in your set? Cause I don't think I caught anything that I can think of.
1: No, no, we, we were kind of like, we were kind of like, no one will show up to the show. We, they know the songs already. No one cares about this. Like, I guess if there's some people there, that'd be nice. You know, like I, I honestly kept my expectations really low. Oh, that was a was great show. Like, no one, a no great one cares show. about our dumb band, <laughs> but, uh, but it was like sold out or something.
0: So oh yeah. It was really crazy. Lovely. Yeah. I got in yeah. just in time. I came in when DFMK was playing and then waited, I think, you know, cause you, War on Women and Iron Reagan were the two bands that I real like, I was like, okay, I have to see these bands. Anything else can fine. You know, in, in some ways, but yeah, I made it in. They were not letting people back into the, into that show after a while. So, but no, you didn't, you ha- was that the, one of the last shows that you played or have you played shows in between then and, and now kind of thing or before the shutdown, I should say.
1: Well, we played with cave in. we toured with cave in before fest, right. But did we do anything after that?
2: Oh my gosh! I don't think we did anything in December, and then we were like uh, recording the album ready because we were supposed to leave for tour in March. Yeah.
1: No, oh, that's yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. haven't played any shows. We haven't played any shows since like early yep. November.
0: But distance, distance-wise, issues. I mean, where where does everybody live? I know, Shauna, you're kind of Baltimore. Sean and Brooks, you're both in Baltimore area. What about everybody well, else? Well everyone
1: Jen? everyone's in Baltimore except for Jen
2: RC.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. They all kind of, kinda of live in the same area in Baltimore too. Like when I go <laughs> visit, they're all in the neighborhood. Oh, that's that's good. weird.
1: That's... <laughs> we didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> uh but but it is convenient normally, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, now now how do you how do you handle practice? Do you practice without Jan and then you go out and practice? Every once in a while, once a month, once every couple months or something well, like that?
1: like, like pre-pandemic, you know, we would try to rehearse like once a week, especially if we're getting ready for a show or do more if we're trying to work on songs. Um, but luckily for all of us, Genarchy a fucking pro and can show up and like, know. like I'm never, like none of us ever have to worry about them not knowing a note, <laughs> you wow, know, like, like nothing's ever out of place. And so it's just like, we'll do like one rehearsal before a tour starts and that's enough. In my eyes, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> if you feel like more weird about it than you let on. <laughs> I
2: practice a lot at home. I, mean, I practice like seven times a week at, at home when we're getting ready. So I'm like visualizing and, you know, trying to imagine that I'm there. It's Not as fun.
0: No, I could see it not. not being fun you know.
1: But I think you're right in that, that sort of sacrifice, Is what is what is necessary to make it feel so seamless, right? Like to make it so that when you're there, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem, and like no one's feeling like off about it. It's just like, oh, good, yeah, the other guitar parts, great. It's this is how it should sound, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and without all that effort, comfortable, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think without that effort, it wouldn't it wouldn't feel so easy for everyone. So I'm sure we're all very grateful.
0: Like you're doing, you're definitely doing your homework and your footwork to get make sure things go as smooth as they can. It sounds like Jen to me, you
1: get an A. Oh, yeah, that's the job. <laughs> I get to I a a plus.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, why don't we move on and do a little trivia? Let's get this trivia thing started real quick. All political and socially conscious punk rock music is more or less the nice. topic. Seven questions in total. We're gonna to kind of do it in segments. Three questions, three questions, and then one final question. Question number one.
1: Wait, what do we get if we win? Just the sound? Cool sound. You get the cool sound. Giving us a prize. I That's...
0: will yes, there will be a prize. I mean, if if uh, it's not really a contest. Times
1: are tough, man. That's all I, I'm saying, okay?
0: <laughs> all right, question number one. This band formed in London in 1976 and are considered part of the first wave of British punk bands. They are credited with pioneering mixing politics, social issues and punk rock with songs like Career Opportunities, White Riot and the Guns of Brixton. Name this band for me, please.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? That's The Clash. (laughs) (laughs) I love that first record so much. I have it on vinyl. I wore it out. I love, love, love that first record. Oh my gosh. Like I actually, I love it so much that at a, you know, like there was a very weird time in recording. I don't know any kids listening. Uh, We didn't always have uh, streaming. Uh, We didn't even always have MP3 players. Um, no, no, you know, we're dealing, fairly... with, we're dealing with like dat <laughs> machines, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And like, I made Brooks actually, I gave him a stack of like 10 records one time and I made him digitize them for me because at the time I couldn't find them otherwise. And, or I was so used to hearing the warm pops of the vinyl that that's, the only way I wanted to listen you didn't want to listen to, to it any records.
0: other way sure sure yeah
1: so that that first class record is one of them and then Dionne Warwick of uh, the soundtrack to Valley of the Dolls like those are the ones I consistently listen to that have the skips and the pops and everything and it's like on my classic iPod um and I love it I love it
3: great okay
1: so I am old the end okay <laughs> <You're not> the... <laughs> in case anyone is playing that game at home
0: question number two i'll start this question with a little bit of a clue this is also a british punk band they formed in the year 1977 this anarcho-punk band tackled issues such as animal rights feminism anti-fascism and anti-war related subjects one record of theirs featured singers joy de vivre and eve libertine covering all of the vocal duties, and was banned by some retailers in the UK due to its controversial nature. The record was titled Penis Envy. Please name that band for me.
3: Are
1: they in, uh, is there a fictionalized version of them playing in the movie Sid and Nancy?
0: Oh, I've never seen it, but probably, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it X-ray specs?
0: Nope. it is not X-ray specs. Nope. Oh, God, I feel think, so lame. Think more kind of anarchist squatter punks in a way.
1: Oh. Well, I already answered one, so your turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you care oh, to venture a guess? Think, I'll give you another clue. Pretty much every punk kid ever has had one of their patches on their jean jacket and/or vest.
2: The casualties, know. the sex pistols. You're, <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> no, it's right,
2: not. right, no, right. It is Crass. blink one eighty two. Oh,
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> crass. Yes. Crass. Okay. I would think, Please. Okay. <laughs> question number three. Why don't we stay in the UK for this last question? And this is also a name that band type of question. This band formed in 1982, and their first release was a song on a Crass Records compilation. They were initially known for being kind of an anarchist punk band that had a very sociopolitical focus similar to Crass, but they were accused of selling out in 1997 when they signed to a major label, and they had a hit song off of that major label record called Tub Thumping I'll give you a hint if you'd like.
1: Oh, Do I need to give you a okay. hint on this one? <laughs> um, it'll just take me a second to have it on know. the tip of my tongue.
0: I get knocked um, down, then I get up
1: again. No, up again, and you're never going to keep me down. <laughs> yes, yes. Who right is away, this? Right away. Who is this? Yeah, man? yeah, yeah. Um. Well. <laughs> It's going to come to me in a second, but but I I have recently learned about the fact that like they they were a band for a long time. Oh
3: yeah. Before yeah. that
1: song came out yep. came out, and that they were very uh, political and talked about social issues and would kind of change genres from time to time. Yep. And 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 uh, I don't know. I, I'm once I kind of learned that I kind of I kind of I kind of dig that idea where you know they're just musicians and they like a lot of different music and i'm sure after doing a band for 15 years you're like i would love to pay my rent this
0: month oh sure like, what, sure what yeah. if we
1: wrote a hit song
0: <laughs> yeah and it was kind of more of an accident in some ways too i mean you know what they did do what I, one thing i read that they did when i was looking into all this stuff at some kind of british music awards thing there was a uh, either it was a labor member of parliament in the audience and the labor party you know they're kind of like the democratic party in the united states or whatever they they had recently signed some kind of legislation or done something that kind of sold out the ideals that the party's supposed to represent so members of the band they're playing this song this guy's in the audience they went and dumped water on his head because they were pissed you know hey you sold us out (laughs) So they they stuck to their guns uh, through the end. They were performing this song on this this show because it was such a huge huge hit, you know. Nice. So you should read. I mean, if you get the opportunity, once we 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 uh, come to the conclusion of who they are, they're very very very. I, ha- interesting, I have it man. now. I don't you know do.
1: if you're ready to answer, Jenarki. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Chumbo
0: Chumbawamba. chumbawamba. It is oh, okay. yes. Chumbawamba. Very good. Yeah, they were. that was an interesting period because so many punk bands of that time were quote-unquote selling out, right? I, you know, right. But a lot of them were kind of shitty, like Blink-182. I don't know how you both feel about The Offspring. Personally, I can't stand them, but they were part of that whole, you know, they're,
1: they yeah, were part of yeah. that whole wave. And, you know, so. and back then, like, selling out was, like, the worst thing that you oh, could ever do. Oh, gosh, it was to America to your fans I don't know uh to your family yeah it was just the biggest deal and I I have definitely thought about the idea that like I always wondered like am I caring less about that because I'm older or have the times changed because when you get older right you're like yes I want to pay rent and eat and and why can't I be a you know punker for a job like fuck working at a bank you know
0: right right Um, yeah no nothing nothing wrong with it i don't think you know yeah but
1: i honestly think that younger people today care less about that too because in general everyone is having to hustle to make ends meet everyone is is a part of that freelancer gig worker hustling lifestyle like it or not yeah so the idea of making money off music everyone's like good for you yeah whatever (laughs) yeah and that was just not the way it was in the 90s, no. you know, like we would be pissed at people. Oh my God. For,
2: for making money. Check it out though. I kind of think that maybe the difference is that it's done been sold. Like that, the thing that <laughs> yeah. we were worried about protecting in the 90s, like subculture, you know, becoming mainstream culture and that kind of stuff being co opted and losing those yeah. ideals. I think that happened in a way that it, it can't happen exactly like that again. We don't have that same. Kind of underground i'm sure there's different frontiers but
0: that's a, yeah, good, that's a really tried, good point that's a very good point e-
1: even if we tried the internet is such a level playing field you can find anything you want it's like the idea of a hidden gem of a subculture it's just
2: not going to happen in the same way not yeah, in the
0: clear. same not even i close remember in, the same in,
2: way, in sure. early high school like at, at this restaurant where everybody worked the older punks would hide the tape so that the younger kids couldn't like find out. And, and so that it, and, and I was like, that's not, that's not selling out. They're not like worried that people will hear the punk music.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Such
2: gatekeepers
1: trying
0: to keep it an exclusive punkness, club, I guess. Jeez Louise. That doesn't make <laughs> sense. I mean, when I was a kid in the eighties, it was all about sharing mixtapes with your friends. Like, Check The first time I heard The Clash and Crass, for example, uh, my friend in not like 1984, here, listen to this tape, you know, and it was like, oh, my God. Like, th- that's how we yeah, mind s- blowing. spread the word of music, you know, like we wanted. That's everyone how I to found level. out. Right. Right. I mean, that's the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I
2: think that speaks to the divisiveness. of so, You know, if you have some issue and it gets really divisive, then people start to look around them and say, like, this other kid that's my age in my town isn't punk enough to, to, you know, like it
0: gets silly. Yeah. Yeah. That is that whole thing is silly. I mean, we're, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, let's, let's move on to the next question. Shauna, your book, making spaces safer. That is a pretty, pretty impressive resource. I think in a lot of ways for venues, for any kind of public space, what was your impetuous for writing this book for kind of collecting all these things together and getting it out there in a book.
1: Um, First, thank you for saying all that. Well, I've been doing safer space trainings at that point for about six years. And so basically for six years, I was going into spaces and venues and shops and businesses and, and just places where people gather all different kinds with all different kinds of people and backgrounds and experience and, and teaching them how to respond when someone's harassed in their space how to prevent it from happening in the first place, what to do in the moment so that you don't like make it worse and, you know, working with them on their protocols and, and policies and, and all that stuff. And, and actually it was on the, on work Tour, the summer we played Warp Tour. I was doing a, a safer space kind of casual workshop almost every day with the TEI, like the, The education institute that they do they do workshops with bands and stuff on on work tours. You can pay a little extra and like learn how to play drums, like your favorite drummer or something, right? Um, And I was like, well, I don't drum, (laughs) and I don't want (laughs) to teach people how to scream for half an hour because uh I'll wear my voice out. So what if I teach them safer spaces, the thing that I really care about, The, the the skills they could literally use that day if they saw someone being harassed? I just thought that was really important. Sure. And doing it every day I was I realized by the end of the tour I was saying the same exact thing to every person over and over again and I was like man I I should like record this or what if I just wrote a book i just write it all down and then people can read it on their own time and and then I thought no wait what if I actually wrote so at some point after the tour I just I got home and it just started flowing out of me and I just started writing and realized that there there were so many things that uh, I wanted to cover there are things that I can't cover in every workshop but will come up in different ones depending on the space and and I thought what a great thing to have all those nuances and specific ideas in one place just in case the person reading inhabits a lot of different places and might have different questions as time goes on or, or different needs and then by fleshing it out into a full book, I was able to put in uh, some science about like, what our brains are doing when we're harassed and how there's no such thing as a perfect victim and, and what PTSD and being triggered really means because they're not just weird Twitter speak for, oh, Starbucks forgot my favorite latte or whatever. You know, like it's sure. like a real thing <laughs> that we have to acknowledge and deal with and can help people with. Um, and then I was also able to include a lot of anecdotal stories from people that submitted stories and experiences and example signage and about sort of justice. Um, so I just I really I think you put it really well. Like I really wanted this to be a good basic guidebook for any space, like just a perfect starting off point. Whether people had no idea what safer spaces were about, they'd never done anything like that. Or if they have already been doing some stuff, but maybe feel like they have some gaps to fill. And spoiler alert, everyone, everyone has to improve. Just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> no, how, however long you've been doing this, I can, I can still do better, honestly. So, uh, so I, I hope that the book is, it, it's like, it's like the, a good intro. It's also a good way to refresh. And it, I really did try to make it appropriate for any space and also anyone's role in that space. Right. Like whether you're on stage, behind the bar, at security, in the audience uh, or at an art gallery or a coffee shop or a bookshop, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. Like there's things in there for you.
0: It should be a, yeah, like a kind of umbrella or blanket coverage of anybody that's involved in like a public space setting, basically. So, yeah, you know, I, I started reading it. I haven't finished it, but you kind of set it up in the introduction as far as why you wrote it in some ways. Was through personal experience, a personal experience you had specifically walking down the street in, in New York City or something like that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the the book starts with a story about me uh, visiting New York City. You know, again, I, I live in Baltimore, so when I first moved here, it was my first time on the East Coast, living on the East Coast. And so the idea that New York was only five hours away, I was like, oh, it's so close. It's like going to Atlanta from Nashville, that's a breeze, you know. Now I'm like, I'm old and seasoned and I'm like, ugh, so far. That's such a long drive. <laughs> I'm so East Coast now. Um, but yeah, it was like a very cool thing to be able to just hop up to New York. And so I had a friend on tour who was playing a show up there and I was like, fuck it, I'll just come visit you. And after the show or the night before or something, we were just walking around and, and uh, two people that we passed, two men, one of them grabbed me, groped me. And then they kept on walking, and and we kind of laughing about it. And you know, I go into a little bit more detail in the book, but the the basic idea, you know, after me turning back to yell at these dudes for grabbing me, which I was already kind of like, isn't the point of walking with like being with a tall dude? Isn't that supposed to be harassment deterrent? <laughs> like,
3: yeah, you would think. I, right? I thought you guys
1: cared about women being owned by another man. Like, aren't I aren't I already like immune to this? Like, I have my buffer here. Uh, what the hell, I'm still being harassed, which is ridiculous, you know, but the whole thing's ridiculous, so I was pissed (laughs) that they still bothered to harass me, yelling at these guys, they keep walking, whatever, and after kind of, like, being kind of, ugh, fiend off and just kind of, ugh, tense, my friend just kind of made this weird comment that had nothing at all to do, that didn't even come close to approaching trying to make me feel better about what happened, like, like, I, I, ha- I happened to yell at some other passerby because I kind of thought maybe in the moment that they were all together. All four of them were together, but they weren't. It was just two sets of two people walking down the street. And so I was like, you better check your friend. Like, what the fuck? Like, tell them not to fucking touch me. You know, blah, blah, blah. And so like, literally like five minutes of silence later, my friend is like, I don't think those people were with those guys. That's the first thing out of his mouth. Not, are you Okay or I'm really sorry that happened or, you know, anything that probably today I'd like to think he would know to say. Sure. But the thing is, it's like that moment is that incident is burned in my brain, which again, I go into the science of why, why that is, uh, because it was a traumatic event. And so my brain decided to remember it always. And, and I, I talk in the book about how if my friend had been more supportive and had actually lessened the frustration and bad feelings around the harassment incident, which by being a supportive friend, you can actually lessen those feelings by half. Research shows if I had half the trauma associated with that specific event, would I remember it today? Would I even worry about it? Would it be part of the fabric of who I am? Would it be part of the cumulative experiences, negative experiences that I've had being a woman in public spaces? And so I, just wanted as many people as possible to have access to the safer space information so that they could be that good friend that they would know what to say and why it was important to say it. And I truly believe in my heart that most people when presented with the options, they want to be good, that people are good and they have good intentions and, but they just don't want to do the wrong thing. They don't want to make it worse. They don't know what to say. And I found that by just saying, we'll say this. People go, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> it ma- makes It's it like a, little a relief. Bit, sure. A little yeah. more understanding on what the right thing to say. And so, because maybe do you think that people don't say something like in that situation that you're in because they're thinking, like you said, oh God, if I say anything, I'm going to make it way worse than it already is. Maybe if I yeah. ignore it, it'll go away kind of thing.
1: Yeah, easily. Or they just never heard the 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 best answer modeled. You know, they just never heard an example of that because we don't learn active listening in school. You know, we don't learn right, to right. Yeah, be yeah. good friends in school. Right, <laughs> right?
3: right. And yep.
1: so it's like everything I teach and everything in this book is, is honestly, once you read it or once you hear it, it's so like, well, duh, of course, that's what you say. That's so obvious. Like it's all really simple and it all clicks nothing is gonna make anyone like super uncomfortable it's just stuff that we we just kind of need someone to say no this is it this is what you say and kind it's of a make push the in the right better.
0: direction a little bit like a kind of a nudge towards yeah. a little bit more common sense approach to things to say in a situation like that for sure yeah I mean especially for somebody like me you know a 50 year old white cis male this book is an incredible resource for somebody like me i think i I mean just you know the bit that I've read so far it, so far has definitely makes me think really hard I, you know definitely um
3: good puts That's things good. in a perspective,
0: so I think for me you know i it's like you you definitely wrote this book for making places you know all the spaces that we we kind of inhabit a a better place to be, but also it's ideal for a person like me who's in spaces like that kind of constantly to know how to handle bad situations when they come up. So, which is something. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's kind of the point is that we all inhabit different spaces in different roles at different times. And so we need to be prepared for any of those situations, regardless of how much or how little authority we
2: have in that space.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah
2: i I personally as a reader first first time listener long time reader <laughs> i find um i really i appreciate that the book is accessible and and that I feel like it's not it's not written to try to teach me how to do better at not getting assaulted it's written to like <laughs> teach the general public and and anyone who might work at a space or be hanging out at a festival so that they can catch up and and know some of the things. That we might already be, you know, that we might be thinking about, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I, you know what I'm talking
2: I, about? I do. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> that's one of the other benefits of the book is just showing that there is an option for everyone. Whatever your personality style, your size, you know, like everything, there, there is a way to deal with these situations that's appropriate for the situation and for you.
0: There you go. Great. Yeah, that's great. I look forward to finishing the book, honestly. What what are some other things that you're involved in? Shauna? specifically, we'll get to you in a minute, Jen, because I know you're involved in a lot of stuff, too. Like a lot of stuff. Hollaback, are you still involved with that?
1: By default, yes. I, I, I need someone else to take it over, run the Baltimore chapter of Hollaback. Um, and so I refuse to let it die. So I'm just kind of keeping it going, you know, at its most basic it's a place to, it's it's a it's a website and a place to share stories and to like commiserate with people going through the same thing and to learn from other people's stories and and get resources and stuff. And so, the most basic level, I'm just letting the web, the website, making sure it's up to date and keeps going. And uh, yeah, but if anyone in Baltimore is listening and wants to run Holovac, run with it.
0: Hollaback's kind of a worldwide organization too, is it not?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, there are chapters all over the world, all run by people on the ground that live there that care about street harassment and want to make sure that people have equal access to public spaces, aren't mistreated just for being who they are in public.
0: Sure, and that's kind of the, the you know, for the people listening, that's what it's all about, essentially. Like a a, a group of people that can come together and share stories and talk about maybe things they've experienced.
1: Yeah, on the website, there's an app, a place to share your stories in real time on the app. Like we, everyone does a lot of events and education and workshops and stuff. So, yeah.
0: That's great. You also do a lot of lecturing on making spaces safer?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's my main uh, job right now. <laughs> the pandemic is... Interrupted a, a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I was actually planning on doing. Uh, this year was going to be the year that I did all public speaking for my job. So that kind of oh, boy.
0: This was like your big two. year yeah. to kind of get out there and this really start. It. Oh, wow. this was it to do wow. like,
1: and I and I've done it plenty over the years, but this was the year that I was going to really concentrate on it and like try to have it be the only thing I did other than the band. And and so it's a bit harder to do that when I can't just get cold call or cold email um, all these universities and places of business because they're just barely starting to figure out what the hell they're even doing because of the pandemic and so some people are prioritizing safer spaces right now which I think is great it is the perfect time to get into safer spaces because uh, you want to do that before you're all back together again. You want to already know what the plan, what is, the plan is before sure. you before you get back together and you're kind of too distracted by being busy and like, oh, what's going on, and keeping safe, and it's stressful, right? And so it's safer space skills are the kind of skills that you want to freshen up on before an incident happens, right? So Makes now it's
2: great, but
1: it's a bit harder to rally people when, you know, just on an individual level, everyone's stressed out. Understandably. Yeah. There's
0: everybody's lives are so much more filled with stress than they were before really in a lot of yeah.
1: ways. Or just their lives are different and that's a stress on its own. So uh, I'm definitely still doing, you know, webinars and trainings and all kinds of stuff online. So anyone can go to shawnapotter.com and learn about all the different kinds of things I can do. I can even you know, do that. I've done it for universities and college classes. So if professors, if you need a day off, you know, let me go ahead and talk to your class <laughs> you for go. you. You know, whatever the budget is, we'll work it out. <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> now, Jen, what about you? You've got Changeville, Startup Weekend Gainesville, Gainesville Girls Rock Camp. You're, you've are you got a lot going on. Like the resume. You do have a heck yeah, of a resume. Or- yes, you do
2: or i i used to and now i'm a webcam person.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so many people have ended up that way lately for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh but no, i do like to stay busy. I'm I, I belong to some organizations, i sit on some boards, i snoop around city politics, i coordinate events and festivals, and i play in lots of bands and i do comedy. That's enough. You do? That's a lot. That's I a lot. want to just sit here and list things off. I, I lack focus, apparently. Doing so many things.
0: <laughs> I don't think you lack focus. You have a diverse set of interests, I think, would be a better way of saying that.
2: Yeah, none of which are staying home and going to sleep.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, what other than War on Women and No More, what bands are you in other than that?
2: Um, I play in Radon. I'm like a, you do? An official. special member of radon bro i didn't Um, know that (laughs) yeah
3: i had no idea Uh, i mean
2: you know we only get together a few times a year so uh it's not it's not that much time on the plate but it's a lot of fun um i also play in kind of a studio project called greenhorn and then uh i dabble in some other like occasional projects that uh i don't want to I don't want to talk to you.
0: you don't want it to. Okay, no problem. No problem. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll play keys if you I'll like you know sing a cover song. I dabble.
0: Cool. Tell me about one thing. What's what is Changeville exactly? Let's just pick one and kind of run with that. What is Changeville?
2: Uh, it, it's a social change festival that I uh, put together and I I used to direct it, but not anymore.
0: Oh, did you step down? Then are you not involved with it anymore? Are you are you still somewhat involved?
2: Yeah. They um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you'd call it fired or they they cut the oh. budget. Um, and oh. then I didn't have a job anymore. It was through the university, so oh, you know okay. they don't have they don't have any money there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can print more Gators shirts and sell more if they ever want money. My God, so.
2: <laughs> no, but it was it was great. It, it it basically brought together a lot of the community work and uh, and event coordinating and and stuff that I already did. Like that's uh, so then I did that. For them, And, and I, I learned a little bit more and I'm kind of still still out there doing that work in different in different ways, you know, with a lot of the same people that were doing that work uh, for Changeville as well. So, it's, yeah, it's
0: good. Cool. So you're staying busy? I mean, still staying busy as much as you I can? Know.
2: I've been really enjoying uh, video editing while I'm home. Like I'll take on a video project and get way too into it and do a lot of video editing. That's been fun. Or filming, making funny videos.
0: Cool. Getting, developing new set of skills. Adding, adding to your already extensive resume, it sounds like to me. (laughs) Exactly. In the years following World War I, America was gripped by the fear that the communist revolution that had taken place in Russia would spread to the United States. As is often the case when fear outweighs rational debate, civil liberties paid the price. In November 1919 and January 1920, in what notoriously became known as the Palmer Raids, Attorney General Mitchell Palmer began rounding up and deporting so-called radicals. Thousands of people were arrested without warrants and without regard to constitutional protections against unlawful search and seizure. Those arrested were brutally treated and held in horrible conditions. In the face of these civil liberties abuses, a small group of people decided to take a stand and thus was born the American Civil Liberties Union. Today, the ACLU continues to fight government abuse and to vigorously defend individual freedoms, including speech and religion, a woman's right to choose, the right to due process, citizens' rights to privacy, and much more. Donate to the ACLU by visiting www.aclu.org. The ACLU website also has many resources available for ways that you can take action to help make our world a better place. Visit www.aclu.org for more info. Cool. well let's uh let's move on to part two of the trivia now we're moving back to the united states for these questions oh actually
2: usa
4: I, I lied. usa I,
0: there's one band from canada on this list so all right question number four in our trivia series this this is really really easy and i'm almost embarrassed <laughs> that i did this question okay
1: well, now I'm going to feel really
0: dumb if I don't get it. <laughs> no, you, you'll, yeah, you, no, there's no doubt that you'll get it <clears throat> because I think you're personally acquainted and worked with somebody that I'm going to mention, but we'll get to that. This band was formed in Olympia, Washington in the year 1990 by members Kathleen Hanna, Billy Karen, Kathy Wilcox, and Toby Vale. They are widely considered to be forerunners of the Riot Girl movement and sadly broke up in 1997 Though they have reunited recently for shows in 2019, and had shows scheduled for 2020, name this band for me, please. Bikini
1: Kill.
0: Did you say Bikini Kill? Bikini <laughs> <laughs> yes, you
1: are correct.
3: <laughs>
0: Yes, I wrote it. I go. I saw. I don't know if I saw something you posted on Twitter or something. I go. Wait a minute. I think she's friends with Kathleen Hanna or something like that. Oh, I was already committed so to. So let's just clear this up for anyone listening. Okay, uh, good, good. I'm yes.
1: Friends, I am definitely not friends with Kathleen Hanna. I'd love to be friends with her, um, but I would not. I would not impose that on her. I'm lucky enough that. She said yes to contributing guest vocals to our last record, "Capture the Flag."
0: Oh, oh, oh! That was it. That was so it. So yes. I,
1: I, met her at Riot Fest, and I want to say 2016. I emailed a couple times and then asked if she would do vocals, and and she graciously accepted. Um, and then we were able to do a joint interview about it for Pop Sugar. After that, and that's it. I'm not. I'm not, uh, gotcha. not texting her okay. all the time. I knew there was
0: some tie like, between. Like what up girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Although
1: Kesley, if you're listening, reach out anytime, dude. Like, let's hang,
2: whatever. <laughs> but like, how many memes a week do you send each other? Yeah. Right. Oh, you, you're your meme
0: traders. Your meme traders back and forth. That's a.
1: That's I'm a. I'm open to that kind of relationship with her. There you go.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right, question number five. The band The Dead Kennedys are known for being primarily a political punk band with songs like Kill the Poor, Nazi Punks Fuck Off, and Soup is Good Food. What might be one of the more defining moments in their career as far as controversy goes would be the release and subsequent court case regarding the poster in this nineteen eighty five full length record by the Dead Kennedys. What is that record?
2: Is it the one where like someone's getting their head blown off?
0: No, it's not that. It was I'll give you a hint. It was drawn by H.R. Geiger. And it's oh. it's um it's anatomy. It's That's anatomy
2: ha- related.
1: This poster
0: i have no 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 definitely no no
1: oh
0: that's the alien dude but yeah he, he uh, this was um yeah very kind of sexual in nature and they uh, jello they they arrested people over it and it was kind of a gnarly thing yeah yeah nobody what year was this uh 1985 the pmrc went after them and oh yeah it was a big like a big to-do
1: this is not an excuse. You can still take away my punk point, but I was three at the time.
0: That's okay. That's fair. So, that's fair. Like,
1: it's like some stuff you just don't learn. You know what no, I mean? Like, right, some right. stuff <laughs> in the course of your life just doesn't come up, and I just can't know everything that happened in the early 80s.
0: <laughs> Very don't. good. I
1: don't. I'm sorry. Maybe if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. You but will. Right, you will
0: when I, mean, I say the name. What about you, Jen? Anything? The name of that record? No. Yeah. Nope. It is. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I have to do that. It is <laughs> yeah. Franken Christ was the name of that record. Oh, and the title, dude. you can look up, look it up. It's pretty, it's pretty disgusting. I actually remember I was 14 when it came out and a friend got it and showed it to me. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, it's kind of gnarly. So really? Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's like, it's very sexual, but it's also, it's, it's fairly disturbing in some ways too. And they got in big. I'm look
1: it up right now.
0: There you go. There you go. There you go. Question number six. Oh, Canada. This Canadian band has tackled a ton of social and political issues through the years, starting with their fat records debut, How to Clean Everything. Some backwards baseball cap bros got tricked into listening to songs about <laughs> anti nationalism, feminism, and anti skaism with that record. The message from the band remains the same, though the music has changed through the years. Name that band for me please.
2: Is it a Propagandy? It is
0: Propagandy. <laughs> All right. Yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> I refuse to say Gandhi. Even to their faces, it is always going to be propaganda. Yeah,
0: or is that is there a, is there a, a correct and incorrect way of saying it to them? Have you? Have no, you,
1: I think there's just a Canadian way of saying oh, it. Oh yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh geez, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the the last couple of questions I have for you. This is a little bit more lighthearted, kind of than what we've been talking about in the band war no, on women
1: various sad stuff only <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm sorry that's not what you signed up for with me oh, okay. <laughs> were there any in the band war on women for either of you were there any moments where you were like the fuck this i'm done i don't want to be in this band anymore i'm f- i'm over it like if you're on tour the van broke down or something, you were just having a really bad night or day and you're like, Oh, I just wish this was over. I just want to get out of here. Did, have either of you ever had a moment like that?
2: Anarchy, it- go ahead. <laughs> Let's hear oh, it. Oh, there's <laughs> a story.
0: I got some dirt. I mean, okay.
2: we, we like live on top of each other on tour. Um, You know, uh, but I don't, I would say like, no, no, no serious moments like that. But I mean, you know what it's like to be on tour, Bob,
0: yeah, yeah. It it, it can but be. I think, it can definitely be no fun from time to time, for
2: sure. I mean, it's always fun, but yeah, it it's just you know everything is so uh, so close together. You don't have a lot of personal space to realize where where your shitty stuff ends and somebody else's begins. So mm-hmm. I think if anything, like really, we've done a lot of work on ourselves. It, like since I've been in the band, I feel like we kind of do a lot of work on that. On that relationship to keep a cool environment to live in. And it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And I think that work started like before you joined, and we've only gotten better. Like, there's still room for improvement. But like, when everyone is sort of taking care of their own shit and like realizing, you know, creating better boundaries and like dealing with their own neuroses, like, then it's just easier. For everyone and so yeah i've been really encouraging all of us to read read the same books that my counselor recommended i read so that we all have the same like language to talk about stuff i think it's really really helpful but i think that the weird part about being on tour and you know because most of most of the time we spend together is on tour right we're a sure. touring band and so some bands all, most of the time they spend together is like practicing once or twice a week and those are two different things, oh, right? Yeah, big time, Touring yes, together yeah. is obviously a bit more difficult uh, on everyone personally and as a band. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like, you know, you're living on top of each other, I have found, I don't know about you, Jenarchy, but I have found that knowing that it's like, oh, tour is hard, quote unquote, kind of sets me up to make it more difficult for me to know, okay, is this actually bad and I'm not having fun? Or is this just tour life? You know, like it's in the past, it has made it more difficult for me to realize when someone's being abusive or when someone is dead weight or when someone is like fucking everyone up and bringing everyone down. Sure. Like I, you start to lose the the boundary of like, is this okay? Or is this just tour or can it be better? And I think that in the past, and, you know, I've been playing music for a long time, so I'm not talking about any specific time period here, but I think in the past, I'd be, I was willing to put up with a lot of bad stuff because it just seemed like that's what being in a band was like. And so it's kind of recently where we're, we're being really, like, you know, vocal about uh, or open and, and talking to each other about how we can make tour easier. On ourselves and each other yeah by doing some basic stuff let's do that <laughs> right like let's go ahead and do that so everyone can have a better time and it's been great
2: also i've always loved tour you know like i think uh shauna and i have both been touring since we were early yeah. or late teenagers or something so um being being used to it is great but definitely when I was younger, you know, I think I was more of a hothead and, you know, there would be, I could, I could tell you a story about having a, a big fight in a Walgreens or like someone crushed <laughs> my bread and I threw their CD out the window. And, Whoa. But uh, other, other kids um, stories, but I can't think if there's any, I don't know if there's been any like really dramatic moments where I'm like leaving the tour, like no one's ever leaving the tour. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think we
1: just have like, there are some really different communication styles in our band. And so we have to sort of all like come together a little bit more and meet in the middle a little bit more. Got to
0: get on the same level um, a little bit in some ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we just, uh, I think one of the book radical candor is the last one that I read that I recommended to everyone. And it's kind of coming from this like Silicon Valley corporate life. Like, but it's still like, how do you manage a bunch of people? How do you deal with the fact that you have a bunch of people and you're trying to get from point A to point B and 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 that people are different? And so like, there's going to be different communication styles and can you come to the table, you know, knowing that and working with that? And also how can you improve your own communication so that others don't have to work so hard to meet you in the middle? You sure. know, so it's like a total two-way street made more difficult by us being a five piece band five way street right? <laughs> so, right right like if we can all sort of like come to the same place and use the same language i think it's really helpful everyone in the band needs it 100 percent. and my one of my favorite things though is the fact that our drummer dave i don't think he needs it at all
0: Why, he's like the he only person i know even, even keel he just, just a- has
1: it yeah. Like everything in the book. I'm like, Dave already does that. Dave already does that. <laughs> watched, I'm like kind of pissed about it.
0: <laughs> I can see that just by there's a video of war on women playing like, a, like in a radio a radio show kind of thing or something like that. And watching the oh, way he, yeah. watching the way he plays drums. It's like, Oh, he's not even breaking a sweat. Like, what is he, how does he do that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's like the calmest looking guy, and I'm like, i like, oh my god, like,
1: this look, looks very relaxed looks doesn't he, he looks yeah, very calm, yeah. But he, he won't. I mean, he's say doing that he like felt incredible calm.
0: stuff. He's doing all this kind of yeah. crazy stuff, you know. And it's like, dude, he doesn't even have like a drop of sweat on his forehead. He's perfect. I think he
1: would disagree after a show, obviously, but but he makes it look easy. He does. Uh,
0: that's what I'm going to say. If it sounds like maybe cool. his personality is like that too, right? Where he's just like,
1: yeah,
0: like level wow that's a very fortunate yeah. thing because drummers are usually kind of the worst people on earth
2: um he's a guitar player he's a guitar <laughs> player so it balances him out as well I oh, I, I, I honestly oh, okay. think
1: yeah I think we're, we're all pretty sure that that's why it's so easy to be in a band with him is because he's a musician that plays guitar and drums
3: ah, and so he's, he's been not,
1: the front okay. person in a band and so he knows what that's like he's been the guitar player he knows what that's like and so He's very comfortable in his role of drummer, you know, not band leader and can take our cues. And like, you know, he, he's a, he's, um, it's, we, we were kind of like, he's our, he's our forever drummer. You know, <laughs> we we're kind of waiting <laughs> for him. We didn't know it. That's we great. He's, his other he's on this record, which is awesome. This new record that I'm not actually talking about. He's, right. He's <laughs> on the record. Jen is on the record. Like this whole band is on the record and, and, it's, and it's, That's one of the reasons it sounds
2: so fucking good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. It's a great time for the band, too. And I think that, I think you can kind of feel that on the record.
0: That, that kind of comes through. That comes through that, that kind of happiness and joy and like the, the working together really solidly and good and well. That all comes through. Is that, that's yeah. We had
1: some time to tour together and really get used to each other. And yeah, I think that, I think that's that.
0: Cool. I mean, that kind of answered my next question. Was I was going to ask? Well, what were kind of the best moments in War on Women as a band? Would you say, you know, this working on this new record and kind of the team that you have become, becoming that is, are some of the best moments in the band?
1: I'm, I'm too, I'm too much of a independent only child to to, to think that way. I'm just realizing, like, wow, I would never think. Oh, all of us working together as a team is the most beautiful thing. I just, oh, and no. I love it. And it's, it sounds terrible saying it out loud. And I love that that's true. You know, but you say, what are the best moments? I'm like, uh, when I get my coffee in the morning, that's one of the best moments. When um, someone tells me <laughs> no, I did as a good, a band, oh, though, That's a, a good moment. You know? <laughs> it's really, it really, uh, I'm shining a light on it just to help anyone listening <laughs> that might have the same way. We have some work to do. No, I I think that there have been any time that we're able to get in front of a bunch of people that we wouldn't normally get to play for. And then they're like showing showing you respect by buying merch or saying like, wow, that was really good. Or I'm glad I brought my kid, you know, like you guys are actual like punk saying fuck you to the establishment. What happened to that? (laughs) Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, yes we're doing what we're supposed to. Like that's the purpose of this
0: band. People showing you like true approach, true, true appreciation for what you're doing and understanding kind of what you're doing too.
1: No, no, not like that. Really. Uh, the true purpose is to convert, you know, like, I'm, I'm very happy to preach to the choir and, and, and give them some validation and like share an experience with people because I think people that are harassed and, discriminated against just for being who they are need that they need to feel represented. They need to sure. feel heard. And I think that's so powerful and necessary and it's why I have been able to be in the position I'm in. is because fans like Bikini Kill, let me, let me, let me feel that way. But I also want to be aggressive and, and, and turn more people on to the idea that feminism is for everybody.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you're going for conversion, Not a pat on the back from somebody saying, no, great job. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the idea I had. I get, maybe that wasn't my exact point was, but if somebody came up to you after a show and said, Hey, you know, I, I have a better, greater understanding maybe through what you've been saying or, you know, or I got a copy of your record or I got your book or something like that. And they come up to you at a show and say, because of this that changed the way I look at feminism or that changed the way I look at like marginalized people or something like that, that would be a, a huge, that would be like a huge Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's
1: the thing. Like I know, I know I just confessed like how much of a only child I am and that I love attention or whatever, but, but like I, because I grew up that way, I learned a long time ago that I I can't let performing influence my self-esteem. And that's coming really, it's coming in handy a lot (laughs) since we can't perform and get on stage. Like, I'm really glad I already did that work a long time ago to separate feeling good about myself because someone else told me I did good. You're sure. And so it's nice. It's nice to hear. I'm, I'm happy about it, but, and, and I'm, and I'm grateful for all the moments that people are like, you know, I was raped. So your song say it means a lot to me or I'm gay and I'm coming out to you. Like that kind of stuff is obviously mind-blowing amazing and I'm and I'm so humbled and, and grateful for to be that person for yeah, that's a pretty amazing thing um, that is it's amazing and, and then couple that with being able to uh, convert <laughs> is it's, I'm, I'm finding a hard time not saying convert or preach I'm, I'm a capital A atheist uh, it just seems like such a great way to say it that people sure. understand so maybe i'll have to come up with something else then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a non-religious sounding way of saying it yeah, but it, no i mean i completely yeah. <laughs> understand what you're saying though so yeah that's great last question really
1: wait jenarchy what are your favorite oh yeah moments? yeah yeah what's the favorite moment for you um, thank you for I leading mean, I
0: really... <laughs> I'm like like wait,
1: wait is it this podcast right now Yes, <laughs> i live in the moment yeah <laughs>
2: Moment. Um, I mean, I love I love playing like big uh, those big shows where you're with another band that's not I don't know like a Frank Turner show or the Baroness tours yeah. where we got to meet so many new people in the crowd. Um, there's something really special about that feeling. I also love like playing Fest and you know being being with all the all the homies. Uh, I don't know. I love playing a big show. I love uh, also, I love a nice green room. I, I like a good snack. Yeah.
0: Right. That's all good stuff. Yeah. Nothing. But
1: we we are missing that right now in a pandemic Yeah,
0: and exposed, like getting (laughs) out there and meeting new people and kind of just seeing new stuff and having a good time. I know that's, yeah, that's a bummer. I don't like thinking about it, but I mean, it's good to think at least I'm able to talk to people like you and similar people through this. And that helps keep my brain, you know, Somewhat stable, you don't help I mean, because it's exposure to different thoughts, and just I don't know, you know, it's a whole big thing. It just sucks that I can't actually go out and see anybody in person for now, but we'll get through it, I think. And uh,
3: yeah, we we will. So,
0: last question then is, is say, since the beginning of the band, I mean, going back to like 2010 to now, do you think there's been positive change? within like the DIY punk and maybe hardcore scene in within our scene or, you know, have things gotten better as far as the way that women are treated that are in bands and in, in the audience at venues, same thing goes for like trans people, you know, people who are gay, anybody who you might consider marginalized, have things gotten better or worse in the last 10 years? I know it's a very broad kind of general question in a way.
1: Yeah. I, I'll say, like, I think in some ways, yes, better. In some ways, no. Um yeah. Because really, better would mean, like, all the harassment goes away. <laughs> right? That's all the, the true better
0: away. thing. Right. Yeah. That's
1: the real better. Um, but I, I will say that when when Brooks and I first started this band and we, we, we were like, okay, let's call it one. And then, okay, let's get some people to play. We probably need a drummer. We probably need a bass player. You know, when we started asking people around town, do you want to? we're doing a new thing. We're doing a new band. You want to join this band it's called one women. We had a lot of no's. Really? Like, no, I'm, I'm, not me- I'm not messing with that. I'm not into that. Like even just the name one women was too much. Um, to they take, didn't want to any potential conflict an obvious, or something? Or? I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say, I couldn't say exactly, but I, I, in my mind, it just represented that, they didn't think there was a war on women uh-huh. worth talking about. You know, uh-huh. that it wasn't that bad.
0: Anybody that and, would say no just based on the name of the band, being named war on women, yeah, you wouldn't want them in your band anyways, if that's yeah, how they thought about right, it. Right,
1: right, so. right, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, they did us a favor. It was yeah, There you go. <laughs> but, but I don't think that same thing would happen today. Like, I, I, like, I don't think people challenge our band name anymore like right, they right. used to the first five years or more
0: so i don't know uh
1: that's a small that's thing i mean it, maybe
0: it seems small but that, I, I think in, in some way I, I, I just feel
1: like thing. it means something and you know the more we tour again like we've been doing this a long time we've been touring a long time and i've never seen so many safer space policies on the walls
0: fantastic than
1: last few years yeah you know i don't know that every club is you know enacting them or like doing a good job at them but like even just signage, like signage, is the first step so I think that's great I think more and more people know that they can't have a bill with just all white dudes on stage right so I don't know there's like small little incremental it's getting better kind of things going on is it radical enough for me no like it's not enough but I'd rather see it move in a positive direction than not.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's like a constant work in progress. Like, yes, things are way better for me personally than they were when I was touring 20 years ago. You know, I'm, I'm getting groped and assaulted less and, the, and I have, right. therefore, more, a little more space to be aware of, of how other people are being marginalized. And I think like as a scene, you know, uh, as a, as a culture, we're like doing this work constantly. And that's why things got better for me. That's why things are getting better. But it's in the spirit of understanding that there's kind of always work to do.
1: Yeah. Sure. When we, when we play the song second wave goodbye, which is like overtly about trans rights, I will usually get a comment from someone in the audience, you know, just saying, "Hey, thanks, thanks for mentioning." us kind of
0: That's um, big, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, I'm kind of like, is that the bar? Is the bar that low? You know, like I, I'm, I'm like, this song is old. Like,
3: right. <laughs> this song's been around right. a
1: while, and we're, and I'm still getting that comment, and so I don't know. It's weird, and I, again, maybe part of that is who we're playing to. Like, we're playing, we're not. We, are, we aren't playing to small progressive punk clubs all the time.
0: Your audience it, is getting it, broader and larger and everything, live, yeah.
1: Well, fans take us on tour, you know, which is cool. So we get the opportunity to live and have our foot in a couple different worlds, right? Yeah. At the same time. And so, I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I agree with you. There's just always more work to do. And, and so let's just keep going.
0: There you go. There you go. One thing I did, what I was going to say to Jan was something you said kind of bothered me because the way you said, I get groped and grabbed less now than I did 20 years. That means it's still going on, right? I mean, is that, and that sucks, but that, that goes back to you guys both saying, you know, there's still work to do for sure. There's definitely, there's always going to be work to do. Right. And I think Shauna, you hinted at that in your book is no place is ever going to be 100% safe. There is always going to be steps to make things safer. It's like kind of an unending thing.
2: Yeah. And, and there's the difference. One of the differences now is like, I could tell someone, you know, or I, it wouldn't be like, my band's not going to get to play here anymore if I make trouble just because some guy in the middle of the night tried to hump me like, you know, like, because we're staying at this promoter's house or something like that stuff like that was just so much more normal and there wasn't a a great context for for dealing with it yeah like do you want us to beat up the promoter we'll never play here again like right and now you can tell
1: someone and hopefully they'll take it seriously and deal with it right and then the goal after that is for it's to build a culture in that space, even more that prevents it from happening in the first place.
0: Yeah, this has been like one of the better conversations I've ever had because it's outside of, for me personally, like it's not like a boys' club, you know, just oh the dudes, oh blah blah blah. I mean, it's we're the boys. The yeah, but it's <laughs> San Diego. Luckily, is pretty inclusive. There are a lot of women that are active in bands and music, and we always try and play shows where it's not like you said, just a bunch of dudes, you know, that shit's old. It's played. It's (laughs) kind of,
1: it's boring. It's boring as shit. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not interested. Uh, I'm I'm literally not interested in any new punk band. That's all men. I I honestly don't care. I'm I'm not, I don't care what they sound like. I'm bored.
0: I noticed you, you said that on Twitter once you had a post that says like in this, in 2020, if you're in a band, that's all cis white men, you're doing something wrong these days. Yeah. You have an extremely valid point. I mean, because it's been done. How many times can you do a band of four drunk white dudes that sound like Dillinger four? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, I could be crucifying myself for saying that because that's a lot of what's out there, but God damn, it's boring as shit. <laughs> like, and how much is a band like that going to have to say when it's a suburban white dude that's talking about what what do you have to I don't I don't know maybe they have I don't to- know
2: either <laughs> let me let me save you both for a minute thank you um, <laughs> it's it's not so much about uh pigeonholing a certain sound or 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 like certain people making music it's it's about being aware of of uh, letting up letting enough other people in so so that everyone is having a chance I mean it's not if you happen to be a person who identifies as a white dude and you like to sing like Dillinger Four, that's okay.
0: Sure, sure. I guess I wasn't saying there's there's any peacemaker anything.
1: genarchy peacemaker when there's not even a conflict. <laughs>
0: well, you I know. know what? Right? I, I, used to, I
2: hated it when people used to say that they didn't like um, like girl singer bands or like uh, you know I don't like ska bands. I don't like pop. I don't like uh, or like you know a genre that's that's women or you know people singing i don't know you know right.
1: but it's about the power dynamic but it's about the power dynamic yeah well, like when i'm, when I'm booking totally shows, different.
2: when yeah. i'm booking shows i'm like i'm not going to book like four of the same but that but that's yeah but that's what,
1: that's what we need everyone else to do and they're not doing it yet i agree yeah. i agree like we need every show to be diverse like that and it's mm-hmm. not yet and like We need white men, cis white men to start thinking about the fact that there are other people in their communities that they could find on Craigslist to be in their band and they're not doing it yet, right? Like we we need so many things. And so like, yeah, I'm personally a little bored if another like band of all white dudes comes along. I'm sure they're great guys. (laughs) But I just, once it actually is more equal as far as opportunities and representation goes, and it won't even fucking matter that some bands happen to be all white dudes. Obviously, obviously. Sure. And like they, they could make great music. That's fine. But I'm way more concerned about the equality of opportunity and
2: representation. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's really cool when you see bands that are sort of of that genre, like the, the, of the few that have put the call out, like when, when uh when propaganda said we're looking for a new guitar player and we'd like to invite like women and tra- and trans folks to step up yeah. or like when when radon was looking for a new guitar player they were like let's get this uh this person L- things like that uh i like to live in that world for a minute because i'm i'm also that old so it's like a big <laughs> accomplishment for me i'm like oh my gosh it's like one of these bands and now they have a a trans person or a woman or a person of like just anything uh different so yeah i think we we do want to see more of that right it's interesting
1: yeah it's gonna make more interesting art we're not hearing those voices enough we're not hearing like like just the approach to music is going to be different it doesn't mean like girl guitar player versus regular guitar it's not about that it's just like you've literally you've been missing out on like half the world over half the world if you include everyone that isn't a cis white dude, it's like 75, (laughs) 80% of the world. uh, You're missing out on their point of view when it comes to like culture and art. Sure. Um, Because that translates to the way that you play music
0: too. I mean, for different perspectives, different identities, however you want to say it, that is going to come through in what you do when you play music in some ways too.
1: And the more that people feel represented, then the sooner, you know, that person in the audience is going to go, oh, I mean, I could do this. I could play this. And they'll get started even younger. Yep. Right. Like I know about so many women musicians, specifically I'm thinking of that started playing later in life because they just weren't given the opportunity to start younger. They they didn't know they could do it. No one said, oh, yeah, drums, that might be fun for you. No one would think of saying that to a a 12 year old girl sure and so the idea that you could be that young like young men are and see everyone looking like them and and be like cool i guess yeah i'll try i'll try trumpet whatever (laughs) you know like (laughs) girls should have that opportunity too people of color should have that opportunity too lgbtq folks should have that opportunity too and then once they do and they start younger and younger then they get better and better and then the music is just
0: like like
1: who knows what we're going to be listening to in 10 years
0: yeah, I hope right? I it's, the way things are awesome. going, it seems like some pretty fantastic stuff. I would I I think. I think, you know.
1: Obviously still a lot of mediocre bullshit, because that's just how music <laughs> yes, is. That is like, how that's how it fine. is. Yes. Obviously, so. that's how it's fine. It's fine. That's fine. That's normal. But some really amazing shit. Yeah, I would
0: agree. I would agree. Okay, let's hit you with the last trivia question. This is the hardest question of them all. Maybe, maybe.
1: I vote generic Key answers then. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> it is multiple choice, though. It is multiple choice. So. Oh,
1: okay. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, <laughs> question number seven, the final trivia question. The band Gloss, G-L-O-S-S, was formed in Olympia, Washington in 2014, released a demo and EP, turned down an offer from Epitaph Records. that was worth $50,000, and they had a very good reason for doing that, by the way. They basically came in, fucked shit up, ended up breaking up in 2016. The world needs more gloss. I wish they were still around. But tell me, what does gloss stand for? It is multiple choice. Is it A, girls living outside society's shit? B, girls leaving obvious shitty situations? Or C, great lives outside society's shit? Which one is it?
2: answer you want to say it together yeah, yeah say,
0: it, say it together um, there you
2: go after three one two
1: three Number
0: hey. one, bingo! You girls living outside <laughs> society, shit. Yes, excellent. Good job, everyone. What
2: did you actually say, Jen? <laughs> number one, you said number eight. one.
0: <laughs> okay, see different communication styles. We got to work right. on it. But I got—I understood both, so I was like, okay, yeah, good, good. All so right. you're so,
1: Dave in the scenario, I guess. You're the drummer. You're like, cool, got
2: it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, excellent. Well, I think that's all I have. So, yeah. That was good.
2: Yeah, this was fun. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for having us.
0: Thank you. War on women. I have to say, it was truly an honor for me to talk to Shauna and Jenarchy. They are both truly amazing people in so many ways. One thing you can do right now is buy some merch from More on Women. If you can, they've missed out on touring and playing shows and stuff like that since the pandemic hit. That would help them out quite a bit. I would also really, really advise you to get a copy of Shauna's book, Making Spaces Safer. It's an incredible resource in so many ways. Check it out, buy the book, read it, put the information in that book to use. Most importantly, we all benefit. I think it's a fucking great book. I started reading it. I'm partway through it. It's incredible. Absolutely an incredible book. Another thing you can do is visit Shauna's website. That website is www.shawnapotter.com. That is w n-a-p-o-t-t-e-r.com. She does offer online trainings from time to time and webinars and that kind of thing. So check it out. Thanks so much to Shauna, Janarchy, and the rest of War on Women for doing what you do. I know you've made my world a much better place, and I do thank you for it. Thank you to Unicorn Riot and the ACLU for what they do as well. The world is also a very much better place with both of those organizations doing what they do. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. One last thing, don't forget to get out there and make your voice heard in whatever way you can, whether it's protesting, supporting the protesters out there right now, just educating yourself and others about what's going on. Do what you can to make the world a better place and a safer place for people of color, especially. Be safe. Take care of each other. For what it's worth, I do have to say, I very, very much have your back. If you're out there in the streets working to end systematic racism and oppression of people of color, especially, thank you so much to all of you that are out there in the streets and wherever. Doing what you can, fighting for change. I appreciate it. We can make this fucking world a better place, and we will. We will. Here's War on Women with the last song of this episode, and that song is called The Chalice and the Blade. Thanks again for listening.